Right. Well, happy Palm Sunday to everyone. Y'all don't sound too excited, man. This is this is a big deal. Woo. Man, you gotta you gotta have a little bit more than that. Palm Sunday is a big deal. It's a celebration, you know. And uh, I I just want to say welcome to Journey Church on Palm Sunday. And hey, if you're watching online, welcome. And here's the thing: I don't know about you guys, but I get excited about Palm Sunday. Anything moving towards Easter gets me excited as a believer. And maybe it goes back to me being a child and, you know, and, and being a part of Sunday school. And, and they would oftentimes give you palm branches to kind of celebrate. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, you know, the one who saves. And I don't know about you, but I get excited about that. So this is the most exciting time of the year for the believer because we're, we're focused on not just his birth at Christmas, but this is, man, what he came for. This, is, this was the goal, was to, to literally to defeat death and hell and the grave. And, man, we get to celebrate that. And so we celebrate a, a resurrected Savior. So when we talk about Palm Sunday, you don't go like, eh, a little golf clap. I mean, it should be a celebration, right? So we want to give Him all praise. And so we say, God, you know, we celebrate Palm Sunday because you did. God, you made it a big deal to be a part of that. And so hopefully today, maybe when you walk out of here, you'll have a little bit different perspective of Palm Sunday. And so Palm Sunday is a big deal to me, and hopefully it is to all of us as believers. But Palm Sunday is, is kind of the beginning of the week the last week of Jesus' earthly ministry. And uh, so it kind of sets some things into motion. Now, he's, he's been ministering. He's been doing things. But this is moving towards something. It begins that last week. And so for all of us in the room, maybe you remember you know, reading the Bible story. Maybe you're here and you don't really know anything about it. We're going to kind of unpack that today. But it's, it's a beautiful picture of, of, of some cool things. Number one, prophecy being fulfilled. So Palm Sunday begins Holy Week. Or Passion Week. When I was growing up, you just pretty much had Palm Sunday. You'd talk a little bit about Good Friday, and then you had Easter Sunday. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about Holy Week and just kind of what it, what's involved in that. But Holy Week is the week leading up to Easter. And so for many of you, maybe you don't take the time, or maybe you just it wasn't anything you were challenged to do. So I want to challenge you today to maybe this week take the, the passages from Scripture, read the Gospels, and see what happens from the time that Jesus has the triumphal entry as he's moving towards the cross, as he is moving towards that, that destination. So I want to challenge you this week to find some time and, and just to sit down and read the Gospels and let God speak to you about what was happening, what was you know, transpiring in that last week. And maybe for you, it, it, like for me, it always makes me think more about God's love for me. And maybe we just need to kind of get a better understanding of how much God loves us and how much Jesus loved us that he was willing to go to the cross for us. And so this is, uh, that's what Palm Sunday begins. In Luke 19, 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. And so whenever I read that passage, it reminds me that, you know what? Jesus came for me. He went to the cross for me. He went to, to bleed out his precious blood for me. And hopefully, if you're in the room, you're a believer, you're watching online, you're a believer, you go, you know what? He came for me. And maybe you're here today, and I always believe that God brings people here that are lost. I believe that there are people that are dialing in. Uh, and watching online that are lost. And the reason we believe it is because we have prayed for God to do that. We've asked God to bring people here, that there would be people here that hear the gospel and they respond by faith. We pray that people will listen online and that they might hear the gospel today and believe for the first time with everything that's in them and they might come to know Christ for salvation. First service, we had two guys raise their hand for salvation. Last Sunday in this room, we had five people raise their hand for salvation. You know, and I don't have any others outside of that. But what I'm saying is that's what we pray for. That's what we believe, right? So why? Because we believe that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save those who didn't know him and that didn't have a right relationship with God. So whenever we look back at this, I want to encourage you this week maybe to take the time to look back and say, what did he do this week? What did he do in that last holy week 
moving towards the cross, moving towards the resurrection. And so maybe the more that you read that, you'll begin to understand more and more of his love. And here's the thing, you'll be, you'll be inspired to share his love. You'll be inspired to tell someone how much God loves them and, and tell the story of the gospel, tell the story that, that, God, that God has given us in Scripture. And so here's the thing, this is out of Zechariah. This is kind of pointing back uh, to, this is the Old Testament, and it's pointing to the future, and it's talking about how Jesus is going to show up in Jerusalem. And so what we're reading today is about the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, then we're going to see that this is the fulfillment of this passage here. So Zion's coming king. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious. Yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And so Zechariah 9 is pointing to what will happen. It's a prophecy. you know. And so it's a prophetic word. It's a prophecy that says this is what Jesus will be like. And here's the incredible thing about the prophecies of the Old Testament is that Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. Every single one of them, Jesus fulfilled them. You know, and, and so if, if, if we were kind of doing statistics or some kind of math equations or whatever, it would blow your mind what the, the numbers would be for him to fulfill just half of them. But the fact is, is that Jesus literally fulfilled every prophecy that we see in the Old Testament is, is almost like there's not a number for it. In other words, it's that impossible for it to have happened the way that God lined it out. That's why we know it's supernatural and that he was the son of God, right? And so we look back at this and we go, you know what? This is going to be fulfilled here in Matthew. So Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. It says, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with a colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. And so Jesus is telling these guys what to do, and they finally got to a point where they, they hear him, and they obey him, and they're moving in that direction. They're taking care of business. So this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So the two disciples did as Jesus commanded, and they brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. And most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Now John gives us the description of those palm leaves. And so they're cutting these branches, but they're taking their, their jackets, their coats, if you will, and they're laying them on the road. This is a sign of humility, like they're bowing down. They're saying, hey, you're more important. You're a king. And, and here's the thing. They did believe Jesus was a king, but they were looking for a different type of king than what he was. They were looking for a political king. They were looking for you know, a, a king that would come in and set them free from Roman rule. They were looking for that, and so they thought, hey, well, this is who we're looking for. And so they're laying down these things, so there's a royal treatment taking place, and they're waving these palm branches. And Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. And so when we see that they're celebrating who he is, they're saying, hey, you know what? Finally, we have a conquering king that is coming in. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. In other words, they're, they're up in arms, man. They're like, what in the world is going on? Who is this? And, and Jesus is riding in. These people have heard about it. His reputation has preceded him. He's been doing amazing things. Miracles have been taking place. And so they're thinking, all right, this is the leader. This is the king that we've been looking for. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And so 
we see in that picture, you know, this, this picture here, that Jesus was, cre- was greeted as royalty. And they were like, man, this is Jesus. This is the king, of, this is the king that we've been looking for. But again, he, they were looking for a political king. And Jesus would be a spiritual king. And so he was coming to, to them, but he knew that they didn't fully understand. But they're shouting, they're excited, they're thinking, all right, he's the conquering king, he's the one that's going to come in, he's the one that's going to set us free, but they didn't fully understand. Let me just say this, I think there's a lot of times that we're that way, you know, we, we go, you know what, this is what I want Jesus to be, and we want Jesus to kind of match up with what we have in mind. Like, Jesus, I want you to let me do this, and I want this, and I want certain things from you, but I really don't want everything that you're offering. And I'm just saying, I think there's a lot of times we're still that way. And I wonder, you know, if Jesus showed up today, how would we treat him if he showed up today? If it wasn't back then, he showed up today, how would we treat him? Would we treat him as royalty? You know, would we have in mind what we're looking for? I know, you know, here in America, it's pretty clear that there's constantly somebody looking for a political king here in America. The media preaches that every day. And everybody's looking for one man, some guy that's going to save America, and he's going to turn everything around. You know, but the thing is, is whenever Jesus changes our hearts, it's going to change America. But too often what we're looking for, we're looking for a political king. And Jesus knew, he knew that they didn't fully understand. Jesus knew they didn't understand the path he was on. They're thinking he's going to go, he's going to conquer, he's, he's going to take over the palace. He'll be in charge, he'll be large and in charge. But he, they didn't know that, you know what, he was coming as a suffering servant. He was headed to a cross. And he was going to go to a, a cross that was intended to be the ultimate in humiliation. The ultimate in shame. The ultimate in execution. And so here they are. They're celebrating who he is. And they're going, you know, this is who he is. They're, they're, they're celebrating Jesus. He's coming in. He's this conquering king. But he knew that they didn't fully understand. And just a few passages later, we see where it says that he weeps as he looks over Jerusalem because he knew that they were lost like sheep without a shepherd. He knew they didn't understand. He was broken hearted for them. And the palm branch represents, represented goodness and victory and was symbolic of the final victory he would soon fulfill over death. And, and so these palm branches, they're waving, you know, they're thinking, hey, victory politically. And Jesus is saying, no, it's spiritually. There's going to be spiritual redemption take place. There's going to be, there's going to be lives changed. There's going to be hearts, you know, just completely changed. New hearts are given. New names are given. New creations are made. So Jesus was coming in as this king, and he knew they didn't fully understand. And again, like I said, I think there are times today that we go, you know what? Jesus, you're not exactly what I was looking for. I wanted something more. I wanted something different. And he says, hey, this is who I am. So he's, Jesus is who he is. He accepts us as we are, right? But we don't always accept him as he is because he has maybe high demands or maybe he expects change or maybe he expects us to, you know, to love others. He expects us to put others first. And we go, you know, I don't know if I really am into all that. I just want salvation. I just want to know that I'm good when I die. And he said, listen, it's a lot more to it than that. This teaching is a tough teaching. And so it says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? In 1 Corinthians 15. For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives us sin, gives sin its power. But thank God, He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the more that we, you know, we look at that, we go, you know what? God did give us victory. For those of us that are believers, that have put our faith in Jesus Christ... This is a special day. This is a special week. Easter is an incredible uh, weekend in the year. And so, God, we want to make the most of that. We want to celebrate that. We ought to be telling people about that. 
We ought to be telling people about what, what God has done. That he, he's, he's given us a victory through Jesus Christ. I was just talking with a lady who came up and asked me to be praying for a young lady that she shared the gospel with this week. And the girl goes, I want to know more about this Jesus. So she gave her her telephone number. And she said, I got some, some uh, information I'm going to give you. But there's people out there that need to hear that God loves them, that He's given them, you know, He's paid the way for them to have a right relationship with the Father, that Jesus laid down His life. And so that's our responsibility, right, as believers. And so really today, for the believer, it ought to be an exciting day. For the person who's sitting here or maybe that's watching online, you don't know Christ yet, but you're kind of weighing it out, you're checking it out, let me just tell you, He is the King of Kings. And I'll just tell you that. Jesus is the King of Kings. He's a spiritual King. You know, and he will rule this, this, this whole world will bow down to him. Every knee will, every, every tongue confess and every knee will bow to him. He is king. And, and so whenever we, we talk about who Jesus is, he is the king of kings. You know, it, it's not like, and there'll be, I'll just tell you this, there'll be, there'll be kingdoms that will come and there'll be kingdoms that go, but this one lasts forever. It's an eternal kingdom. You know, and, and whenever Jesus is building his kingdom, it continues to build, it continues to grow. Those who raise their hand for salvation, there, those who put their faith in him, his kingdom expanded today. That's just here. Just think about all over the world where the gospel is presented today. There are people that are putting their faith in Christ and the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is continuing to expand and it's growing soul by soul, name by name that is written in the Lamb's book of life. And so he is the king of kings. And so for me, Whenever I get to this time of the year, I, I, you know, it, like I said, it's exciting for me because I go, you know what? That is my king. Jesus is my king. At the age of 19, I walked the Nile and I surrendered my life to Christ. I knew a lot about Jesus kind of moving up to that age, like 16, 17, 18. I knew things about Jesus. I knew scripture. I had gone to Sunday school. I had waved a palm branch saying, you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So I knew things, but I didn't know him personally. And so when I put my faith in Christ and I surrendered my life to him, and I said, Jesus, you are my leader. You are my Lord. You are my king. Man, it, it stirred something in me. And man, I, can't, I never got over that. And so he is my king. And so I, I, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you guys to do this, to take this week and, and to read through the scriptures and look in the gospels and see what our king did for us, what Jesus did for us. And I'm, I'm just telling you, man, it's, it's a powerful time as we walk through that. We see what he does on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday. He goes to that cross, right? Good Friday. And then Saturday, you know, everybody's wondering, hey, is it over? You know, these guys are in hiding. And then Sunday, we see a resurrected Savior. And so maybe this week you take the time to say, you know what? I want to see what my king has done for me. And as you're moving through there, and, and I'm just telling you, for me, there are times whenever I read through it, man, I just get excited. It gives me encouragement. And I'm like, you know what, man, I've got to tell somebody about this. I've got to share this with someone. And I think that's what we all as believers should be doing. So, you know what, man, whenever I get my mind around what God has done, how much he paid for my salvation, what Jesus was willing to go through, then we go, I've got to tell somebody. I can't keep this in. That's the reason we want to invite you guys to, to invite people for Easter, you know, Tell somebody what God has done in your life. We, we, yeah, and there's cards in your seat. Y'all take all you want and give them to somebody. Invite somebody. This past week, Lori and I went and had lunch together. And we went to this little uh, a store. And we invited this young lady that was in there. And, and I, I said, hey, do you have a church home? She said, I don't right now. And I said, well, I want to invite you to Journey. And we got to talking. And, and she knew a couple of people that went to Journey. And I said, well, cool. And I said, well, uh, I said, well come on. We'd love to have you. I said, you're, you're having an uh, you know, open invitation. And she said, well, I don't like you know, to go to churches where you know, the preacher preaches uh, to you or something like that. And I said, well, this preacher will bring it. I'm just telling you. And, uh, and anyway, and I, I said, I'm just kidding. I said, I'm the pastor. They said, I would love for you to come and be a part of it. 
And, uh, and she goes, well, I appreciate that. And so anyway, we invited her to come. And, and here's the thing. If we'll invite people, they'll come, you know. And, and they, they, they want to be a part of what God is doing. They, they want to know there's a plan and a purpose for their life. It's our job as the church to take that message, to take it to the stores or take it wherever we go, to work, school, wherever it's at. And say, hey, let me, let me tell you about my king. And so when I read through you know, the Gospels this week, and I, I read about Palm Sunday, and then I read about what happens each day. Let me tell you, there's a couple of places in there where it gets me. Like when we get to the, the fact that Jesus has been betrayed, and they're taking him through the malt trials. And, and, and you know, you, I read the section where, where, where Jesus is literally blindfolded, and, and the, the guards are punching him. Dude, I weep every time. Because that's my king. That's my Savior. That's my Lord. And it bothers me. You know, that I go, you know, but I look at the resurrection. I go, you know, he was doing that for me. And so it bothers me, it stirs me. But I mean, I'm, I'm reminded, you know, that there's an empty grave, there's a resurrection that takes place, and He chose to go through that for me. He chose to go through that for you. That's how much He loves you, that He would take that beating, that He would take that scourging, He would take that embarrassment, He would take them pulling chunks of His beard out, they would take Him being spat upon, because He loves you, He wants a relationship with you, and He wants you to know the God that has given everything for you. That's why this week is so important. And I think it's important for us to go back and, and look at what he did and how much he loved us. And, and just to remind us, you know what? There's an empty grave. There's a cross that he's going to hang on. But you know what? He's going to defeat death. He's going to defeat the grave. He's going to defeat sin. And man, he is the king of kings. He is also the prince of peace. Man, I'm reminded that he gives me peace. We go through storms. We go through struggles. But you know what? He is the peace in those storms. He is the peace that passes understanding. He is the King of Kings. He is the Prince of Peace. There's a passage we often read at Christmas time because it talks about a child is born to us. But it's out of Isaiah. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? Prince of Peace. That's who died for us. That's who went to the cross for us. That's who saved us. That's who... We can put our faith in. He was born for that. That's, that's what he came for. His government and his, and his peace will never end. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Look at that. His peace will never end. No matter what we're going through, no matter what kind of political issues are going on, there's a peace that we can have in the midst of chaos. In the midst of war, we can know that you know what, there's the peace that passes understanding. There's the confidence that comes from having a right relationship with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, who went to the cross for us. We can have that peace in the middle of no matter what kind of storm we're going through. He's there, and it doesn't end. And I love this last part here. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The passionate commitment of the Lord's armies. I I mean, whenever we think about, you know, God is committed to us. The passionate commitment of of a heavenly Father. This week we call it Holy Week or Passion Week. The passion of the Father, the passion of the passion of the Savior going to the cross because He was passionate about us. It ought to stir in us some passion. And that we can't get over it. But, you know, we're, we're, we're moved by that. And so all this week, you know, we talk about Palm Sunday today. And we celebrate that blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, Hosanna, the one who saves. And we are focused on the King that He really is. Not one that we're hoping that He would be. Like those same people who said, you know, here's blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They would holler later that week, crucify him, crucify him. Because he wasn't what they were looking for. But I'm telling you, Jesus 
Jesus went to the cross and he, he literally hung there for us. And for a lot of people in that day, he was not what they were looking for. They thought he was defeated. But what he was doing is he was defeating death. He was defeating sin. He was defeating the grave. And so Monday, Thursday, we, you know, we kind of get through the week, and here's another. And I just want to kind of touch on some of the major ones, but Monday, Thursday. The first time I ever heard that word, I thought, they don't know, how, not, not know how to say Monday? I mean, what's going on there? You know, but it's Monday, Thursday, and there's a reason to that. And so when we look back at this, there's some special things that took place. It was the Last Supper that took place on that Thursday night. Today, we're going to be sharing in communion. If you're watching online, you can get your elements together. We'll have a time to do that a little bit later in the service, but we're going to share in communion. And this is something that Jesus established on that last supper, on that last meal with the disciples. He knew where he was going. You know, oftentimes people say, well, well, Palm Sunday begins, Jesus marched towards the cross. And I disagree with that. I believe that Jesus left heaven on a march towards the cross. He knew where he was going. He knew what he would endure. He knew what, he knew what it was going to take. And so it's not like it started this week. It's just like this is the culmination of that last week, this, this Passion Week, this Holy Week. is the culmination of his earthly ministry. But he knew where he was going the whole time. And here he establishes something with the disciples. We celebrate it as the Lord's Supper or Communion. And he sits down with them. And man, he, he, he just has to establish this. He said, hey, guys, I want you to understand this bread represents my body. It's going to be broken for you. This juice, this wine represents the blood, my blood, that will be poured out for the sins of not only you, but for the world. And he says, every time you do this, I want you to remember the cost of your freedom. I want you to remember how much I love you. I want you to remember how I took care of your sin debt. And so every time we do this, every time we share in these moments, number one, we're supposed to get our heart right. But we share in this Last Supper. So on that Thursday night, that's what he established was the Last Supper. He washed the disciples' feet. He established this mentality that, hey, you know, we're, we're to be servant leaders. We're to be serving. There's people right now that are going through the serve class. And they're learning, you know, how they're gifted and how they can serve the body of Christ and help build up the body of Christ and help build up the kingdom of God, right? That's what they're, that's what they're in there learning. Hopefully you guys will do the same. If you're a believer, you've been given a spiritual gift, a spiritual endowment, and you're to use that to help build up the body of Christ, to help take the message of the gospel to as many people as possible so that lives can be changed and souls can be saved because that's the reason Jesus came. That's what, he, that's what he commissioned us to do. So wash the disciples' feet. He got down and he literally washed their feet. I mean, think about that. King of kings and Lord of lords gets down and, and literally begins to wash their feet. And, and Peter was like, you know, Lord, no, there's no way you're washing my feet. And Jesus said, hey, listen, if, you don't, if you're not a part of this, you're not a part of me. And he says, hey, listen, you've got to be willing to do this. And so oftentimes we have this mentality that we're above people and we're a little bit better than some people. We've missed what Jesus was about. He said, hey, you've got to be willing to lower yourself and consider others more important than yourself. And get down and listen, wash their feet. And so you, maybe today you ought to be asking God, who, who do I need to wash their feet this week? Who do I serve this week? How do I use my gifts and my abilities to, to make a difference for the kingdom of God? How do I use my words, my voice, my witness, my testimony in a way that glorifies Jesus and that someone might come to know him? We had an incredible weekend this weekend. Our, our ladies' ministry literally had a, a conference in here yesterday, and they were in here worshiping, and they were in here teaching, and they were in here praying, and it was an incredible weekend. They had like 100, 160-something uh, people here for that conference, and so God was working on people's hearts, right? And there were people that were there that were sharing what God had done in their life, and then they would break off into breakout groups, and I just heard a lady talking about how you know someone was able to share her story, and it blessed someone. 
And so God has given you a story to tell. It's not for you to keep in here. It's for you to tell out here so that you can tell people about his love. And so Jesus modeled that washing the disciples' feet. Monday uh, was from the Latin root madam, madame or madam. It means commandment or mandate. So mandate is where we get that from. So G- this is the mandate that Jesus, Jesus gave the disciples. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love, one, love each other. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, not only are you supposed to love God, you're supposed to love people. And we're to love God with everything that's in us. We're to love God and say, God, I, I love you and I want to celebrate you. But here's the thing, sometimes we don't love people. Who are created in His image. And some of us in this room probably have more people that we hate than we have people that we love. We say, well, Mike, I have a small circle of friends. That's because your heart is probably hard or hurt or wounded or broken. And so you're guarded. And rather than loving people the way that God says to love them, you love them the way that you want to love them. Not the way that Jesus tells us to love. This is His mandate right here. This is His commandment, right? He says, now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So do you love people with the love of Jesus or do you love them through a filter where you have to go, well, you know, they didn't do this or they do this or, you know, I'm, I'm just going to have to filter that one out. But he says, man, to love them. I mean, think about how much he loved them. He went to the cross for them, right? Think about how much he loved them. He was willing to sacrifice. He was willing to go through all this stuff, all this pain and anguish and everything. And I think sometimes we think, well, Jesus probably didn't feel everything the way that we feel it. I promise you he did. See, when he went to the cross, he felt every, every bit of pain that we would feel. He felt not only the physical pain, but he felt the emotional pain. He was betrayed. He, he, he was abandoned. They, they, they bailed on him. Everybody left him. The same people who were saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord were hollering, Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They chose to crucify him over a notorious murderer. And so we go, Why in the world? Well, Jesus showed that kind of love. So what Scripture says is that we're to love others. And so if you're saying, hey, i got this small circle of friends, only love a few people, then you, let, you need to let God heal your heart. You need to let God kind of expand that circle. And every one of us in this room need to be asking God, how do I love people the way that you love them? Show me today someone that I can share your love, someone that I can love the way that you would. And so then we have Good Friday. You talk about showing love. Good Friday. And many would say, well, why in the world did they call it Good Friday? Your Savior was crucified. Your leader was murdered. I mean, why in the world would we celebrate that? His, his blood was poured out. They ran a spear in his side to make sure that he was dead. And they'd wrap him and they, they, they'd take him and they put him in a borrowed tomb, right? And the reason that we can celebrate that as believers is because we know that there's an empty tomb. We know that the grave did not hold him. We know those things. And so I'm just telling you, I can look at Good Friday and go, God, thank you for loving us so much. God, thank you for the gospel. God, thank you for you providing the way. There's no way I would have ever got there. There's no way I would have ever made it. But God, you love me enough. You provided the way. You purchased me. And so whenever I get to Good Friday, and oftentimes what I'll do is throughout that day, I'll, I'll look at the clock and I'll kind of think about what happened at that time. You know, about this time, what was he going through? Was he going through the trials? Was it the, was it the beatings? Was it the scourgings? Were they driving nails into his hands and into his feet at that time? Were they dropping it into a, that big cross into a, a hole that whenever it fell, it ripped his flesh? Was he hanging on that cross, picking himself up to breathe because he was dying of asphyxiation? He was bleeding out his precious blood for the sins of the world. But it's still, it's Good Friday. 
So how can we celebrate Good Friday? Because we know that Resurrection Sunday's coming. We know that there's an empty tomb, right? And we go, God, thank you for loving us so much. God, thank you for putting your son on that cross and that Jesus would choose to lay down his life. I mean, you think about this. He, he felt everything physically, emotionally that we feel. So we know that there were times he wanted to check out. There were times he wanted to say, I can't take it anymore. But instead, he loved us so much he kept moving forward. He was headed to the cross. He knew what he had to do. And so when we look at Good Friday, the cross of Jesus Christ ought to be paramount. Then when we look at that day, we go, man, what love, what sacrifice, what, what passion. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever watched The Passion of the Christ. I've only watched it a few times. I don't watch it a whole lot because I don't want to be desensitized to what he did and what that picture or what that movie makes me think about. But I remember the very first time I ever saw it, I, I went, we were in a huge movie theater, it was packed out, you know, and all I could do was hold tissues and just weep and go, you know, he did this for me. He went through this for me. How can I not live for him? How can I not share the gospel? How can I not tell others about his love? How can I not live for him? And that's all I could think about the whole time I was sitting there just weeping. And all you could hear in that, that movie theater was wailing and weeping. There was nobody speaking. It was just wailing and weeping. There was a big college guy, looked like a football player, stood up in front of me. He literally was fainting, and they had to take him out of the room. He couldn't take what he was watching, much less what Jesus was going through for me and for you. And so when I get to Good Friday, man, I think about the cross of Christ. I think about the passion and the love and the endurance that it took to continue to keep walking forward. They're whipping him, they're beating him all the way to Golgotha where they would drop that cross. But he never checked up. He never gave up. Because he had us on his mind. And so we see the cross of Christ. We see the ultimate sacrifice and the atonement for, for all sin. The price was paid. We were redeemed if we put our faith in who Jesus is. And so maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ. But I want to encourage you to do that. For me, it was the age of 19. It's like it all came together. It made sense. I was like, He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through Him, and I realize that now. It wasn't me doing good deeds. It wasn't me doing good works. It wasn't me trying harder. It was me surrendering. It was me saying, Jesus, here I am. I'll give you my life. Just do with me. Do with whatever you can with me, but here I am. And it's whenever He stepped into my life, that's when He changed me forever. And here's the thing. He wants to change you from the inside out as well. He wants to give you a new heart and a new name, and you become a new creation I mean, what a beautiful picture. It's the ultimate sacrifice. So maybe this coming Friday, Good Friday, will be a little bit different for you if you take the time to read about it. Maybe take the time to think about it. Take the time to remember what was done for us. It's called Good Friday because by Jesus' death, He became the final complete sacrifice for our sins. He said, it is finished. It is done, right? We couldn't have erased our sins. We couldn't do it. There's nothing that we could do to erase those. Our hands would have been forever stained with every single sin for a lifetime. But Jesus broke the bonds of death and sin forever. Forever. On that cross. He, he broke that. Easter Sunday.
Now, next weekend, we call it Easter weekend because we've got two services on Saturday and we've got two services on Sunday. And I pray, I pray that with everything that's in me that we will invite everybody that we can and that we'll have four full services. You know what we'll do? We will celebrate a risen Savior all weekend long. We will celebrate an empty grave. Man, we'll celebrate the power of the resurrection. We will celebrate lives being changed. In all four services, we're going to have baptism. And there'll be people that'll be going through the waters of baptism. It will say, buried with Christ, raised to walk in a newness of life. There'll be a, there'll be a new person, right? And so we're, we're going to do that all weekend long. I mean, you've got a part in that. We want you to be here. We want you to bring people. And my prayer is that today you will walk out of here and you'll be, you'll be thinking, you know, who am I bringing with me? And if you have to come two times, I had a lady message me this last week. She said, the, the service was so good last week, I watched it twice. It was like, awesome. And so maybe there's some of you guys that will say, you know what? I'm coming two or three times. However many times it takes to get people here, I'm going to do that. So Easter Sunday, what do we, what do we celebrate? We celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate the power of the resurrection. It's not, it's not, our, our Savior is not in a grave. We don't worry about a grave because it's been defeated, right? We celebrate the resurrection, the power of the resurrection. So next Sunday, we want to talk about the power of God to change lives. There's an empty grave. We don't have, we don't have a, a tomb to go visit. Now, we celebrate the cross. Many of you guys literally have cross necklaces and cross earrings and maybe crosses at your house. We have one out front. You know what I'm saying? We, we celebrate the cross. But there was a time when it was not. It was the ultimate in humiliation and shame. And, and you did not want to be a part of the cross because that was Romans' way. The Rome, Romans' way of trying to say, hey, listen, you mess with Rome. This is what you get. You die on this cross. But now we celebrate the cross of Christ. And so Good Friday is a good day. It's a great day. But Easter, man, Easter Sunday is a powerful day. So let me just ask you, maybe you're here today and maybe you've never put your faith in Christ. What's keeping you from surrendering your life to Jesus? Maybe you're watching online and you you go, man, I've, I've never surrendered my life to Christ. I've never been saved. I've never been born again. So what keeps you from making that decision today? If you're here today and you're, you're go, Mike, that's me, I'm lost. Well, then let me tell you, you're answered prayer. If you're watching online, you're answered prayer. We pray for God to bring you here today so that you can hear about how much God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And, and He wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life in the blood of Jesus forever. Part of the kingdom of God. And let me just say this to the church. You know, we, we sang a song while ago talking about, you know, God bring revival. Let revival fall. You know what? When revival takes place is when the church is reminded of what Jesus has done and we can't get over it and we go out and we tell everybody that we can. And, and I'm just telling you, we'll start seeing revival take place. We'll start seeing souls say when the gospel is presented, it is our job as the church to take this message out into the world. And the more that we do that, the more they hear it, the more they're going to hear it and respond by faith. So what are you going to do this week, church? Let's, let's be about the kingdom this week. Let's be intentional Let's be reminded of what Jesus did. And let's be intentional about being a messenger of the gospel. In just a minute, we we'll to give everybody an opportunity to respond. But I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're watching online, you can do the same thing there. But I want to ask you, do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Is He your King? Or maybe, maybe he's not what you were looking for all these years. But today you realize he is 
the Savior of the world. He is the King of kings. Maybe today, for the first time, you realize that you need a Savior and that you want to surrender your life to Jesus. I want to walk you through what's involved. I prayed that prayer when I was 19. It changed my life forever. And so, right where you are, just say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I have messed up. I have blown it. And so, Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me. With everything that's in me, I'm, with all the faith that I have, Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me. His answer is yes. He'll forgive you. And so, Jesus, I want to ask you to save me. And I'm just telling you, his answer is yes. He will save you. And just say, Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. So, Jesus, I want to quit living. And I know the only way I can quit the sin and living the way I've been living is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me. And so, Jesus, will you, will you forgive me? And will you, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And his answer is yes. If you just prayed that prayer here in the room and you believe that Jesus just saved you with everything that's in you, would you raise your hand and just say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? Anybody? Just raise it high where I can see it. And here's the thing. If I don't see your hand, God still sees your heart. I see your hand back there. Anybody else? I may not see your hand, but God sees your heart. So you might say, I, I just, I can't, I don't like getting up in front of people. I don't like letting anybody know. Let me tell you. It's part of what we're called to do is to let people know. If you just raised your hand back and I saw your hand, you pray that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You're a child of God. You're adopted into His family. If you would, man, fill out a card, let us know. Text us. If you're watching online, you just prayed that prayer. If you would, text us and let us know. We want to be able to celebrate that moment with you. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to be able to walk with you in that journey. In just a few minutes, we're going to share in communion. So I want to give everyone an opportunity to kind of get their hearts right. Our prayer team is going to be here at the front. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. But we really are supposed to get our heart right before we share in communion. If you came in here with sin in your heart, this is a good time to deal with that. For the one who just raised his hand, gets to share in salvation for the first time. Or gets to share in communion for the first time now that he is a believer through faith in Jesus for salvation. And so the, the worship team is going to respond. You come to the altar if you need to get something right. If you need to get your heart right, get your heart right so that you can share in this special time that Jesus established at that Last Supper.